Sports talk with a little bit of an edge. Can you feel the tension in the air right now? I know I can. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. The Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. I'll get to the dumbest thing that happens in sports coming up in a few minutes, and I'll apologize to some colleagues along the way, but this take always irritates me. Not that there's any disrespect to the tweeter, but Sal Palazzolo tweets, Adam, important to note the reason for the Patriots' success has been that they play everybody in their division twice a year, and they're all a bunch of garbage teams. That's the dumbest take I've ever heard. Oh, sorry, there goes the respect. I hate that take. Yes, the Patriots have a terrible division, but they also take advantage of the terrible division. It's not like they haven't been to the AFC Championship game for seven years in a row, which means getting to the playoffs, having success in the playoffs. Then they've won the Super Bowl five freaking times, which means they've played good teams because good teams go to the Super Bowl. They've had to beat a good team every time they were in that game. Enough. There have been a lot of teams that have played in crummy divisions over the years. I would argue the Steelers play in a division where they've had the worst team in football for the last decade plus, two decades. Doesn't guarantee you any success. It just doesn't. I'm sure the Patriots laugh whenever they think about their potential competition being Tyrod Taylor and whatever one of the McCallum brothers is in New York this week. But at the end of the day, they need to take advantage of the opportunity. They do that. And then once they're in the playoffs playing great teams, they need to take advantage then too. And they always freaking do. Stop trying to rationalize their greatness. Stop trying to make excuses for why they've had an easier road. One of the reasons those teams suck so bad is because they start off every year with two freaking losses. Because you can just chalk the Patriots up as better than them every year. And you could do that with every division in football. The Patriots are going to be the number one team in that division every single year. They could have played in the AFC North a couple of years ago when the Steelers, the Bengals, and the Ravens were all going to the playoffs. And guess what? One of those teams wouldn't have been going then. But the Patriots would have. So stupid. It's ridiculous. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Do you think that the Steelers were good in 2001? The double-digit point favorites that lost to the Patriots? Oh, but their division sucks. What about 2004 when the Steelers were 15-1? and Patriots beat them. They were a bottom-feeding division team. How about last year? Steelers won eight straight games leading into their game against New England and got bludgeoned. Enough of the nonsense. Stop trying to explain it away and make it more convenient for you. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Now for the dumbest thing in sports. Tom, I might want you to weigh in on this one. I got a couple of colleagues who are at the Senior Bowl. I go to the Combine every year. I don't know if that's going to be the case this year, but every single year I go to the NFL Combine to do shows for Steelers Nation Radio. And I see all of my colleagues run around following dudes in tights, writing about their dimensions. The Senior Bowl is worse because the Senior Bowl has got good players, but they're not all players who are worthy of first couple round selection. And today, all I saw was the hand size. Grown men 
writing about amateur athletes' hand size. And then judging whether or not these players would be able to make successful careers out of whether or not their hands were 9 and 3 fourths inches or 3 and 1 fourths inches. What the F, man? How big are Drew Brees' hands? They can't be that big, right? They're big. Tom's saying they're big. They're huge. They can't be. Drew Brees is my size. He can't have huge hands. Or his hands huge. No, I'm, I'm pretty sure that you can't be a good NFL quarterback without big hands. That's what I've heard. That's, That's what I heard today. The scouts tell us. So, I'm looking it up right now. I did not do my homework beforehand because I didn't know if I wanted to talk about this or not, but I saw like five more tweets in the last segment, and I was done with it. Nine and three-eighths. That's not big. Not big at all. That's not big at all. Although, here's what, here's what it says. Drew Brees has very big mitts, fumbles at almost the same rate as Tony Romo, who's got small hands. Russell Wilson has very big hands at 10 and a fourth, has fumbled at a much higher rate than Alex Smith, who has 9 and 3 eighths inch hands. Who cares? Watch the tape. Watch the guy slang that rock. I don't need to know how big his hands are. Have we taken this all too far? There's inevitably going to be, and I'm done with you, Tom. I don't need you. You you added nothing to the conversation. I thought you would tell me exactly how big Drew Brees' hands were, but you didn't, and you failed. Uh, That's going to be awful with you replacing Joe. Just awful. Joe probably knows exactly how big Drew Brees' hands are. Joe, how big are Drew Brees' hands? Oh, they're big. Joe, how big are Drew Brees' hands? Tell me. Tell me, Joe. How big? Big. Yeah, that's right. I couldn't even get that from Tom. Damn, Tom. It's going to be awful with him instead of Joe. But have we taken this combine BS too far? There's always the quarterback, right, who's big and strong, and he's got the arm strength, and he's got the giant ass hands that are more than three times the size of Donald Trump's hands, and he's going to wind up being a top ten pick. Every freaking year this happens, and that guy sucks. Think about it. You thinking? Jamarcus Russell. Look at how far he can throw the football. Look at how big he is. Yeah, he's also a giant idiot who slurps down purple drank and gets arrested on the side. I mean, addiction's a hell of a disease, but come on now. Slanging down purple drank? I guess those big hands made it easier for him to hold multiple bottles at one time it's ridiculous it's bottles all right get in here tom it's double cups oh they put it in with the sprite it's right double cups jolly rancher at the bottom yeah don't turn your microphone down how do you know so much about this i'm just cultured okay you ever you ever i read a lot of wikipedia pages you never uh partook in the purple dragon in the codeine yeah no okay very good can we i turn it down now you can turn it down now Thanks. tom thank you appreciate that this year it's going to be Josh Allen, the guy who had a quarterback rating that was eh, a completion percentage that was, what, 57% in an awful conference? And I'm expected to believe that this guy's going to be the real deal at the NFL level. Carson Wentz played at a lesser conference, and he was the real deal. Jared Goff played in a remedial offense, and he's found himself. But they both had success in college. Despite Cal not being good, Jared Goff was. 
I believe you've got to have some level of success in college to be successful. You have to have some pedigree other than just the size of your hands and the size of your body. And that makes me insane. Nine and one-third hands. Nine and three-eighths hands. Nine and... And they're tweeting it like it's gospel, like it's a guarantee, like it means something. It, it, honestly, what it sounds like, I don't know if I should say this. I'm not going to say it. Should I say it, Tom? It's a little slave trade feel. Obviously, that was a thousand times worse. In fact, any number you want to put in front of the multiplication sign makes it that much worse. But it's just treating these people as if they're commodities. And it's a little bit much for me. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Braden tweets. Drew Brees' hand size is 10.25 inches. Hashtag Google. Thank you, Braden. Tom's over here. I'm looking at his screen. He's looking at porn. Naked ladies. Joe's probably doing the same thing back in the studio. All I needed was information. I had nothing. Dick LeBeau probably not going to return to the National Football League. You see that? And Chris Hoke today on Twitter was very sad. Very sad. Oh, my God. Dick LeBeau, he's done. Not my dick. I can't believe they hurt my dick like that. Let go of the dick they did. He's 80 freaking years old. When Winston Churchill was 80, they pushed him out. You know, the guy who helped get through World War freaking two. Dick LeBeau coaches defense. Certainly not as important as getting a country through World War II. But at 80, it's probably time to get on with your life. And it's not like the Titans were great this year anyhow. God bless you, Dick. But it's time. 412-922-2874. Will Graves coming up in eight minutes here on the Crowley Show. I said earlier in the program the Patriots are already one of the best franchises of all time. That's not breaking any news. That's not a hot take. I said if they win the Super Bowl this weekend, then they will pass the Steelers as the all-time greatest franchise in the National Football League because their dynasty is better. And if you got the same number of rings, for me, it comes down to which dynasty is better being the tiebreaker. So I'm taking the Pats. But I'm actually rooting for the Pats to get there. I think a lot of people would acknowledge that the Patriots are a better franchise than the Steelers, or people outside of Pittsburgh would think of them as the best franchise in the National Football League. So winning another one isn't exactly going to change people's line of thinking here and make them feel like the Steelers are substandard. But if the Eagles win, an already obnoxious fan base becomes even more so. They've never won anything. The Flyers haven't won since the mid-70s. Yeah, they had the Phillies. Okay, but they only got one. And they really should have gotten more. And the Eagles never won junk. So recent Philadelphia sports history is non-existent. This would give them something to change that narrative. This would give them bragging rights. And they'd be able to lord it over the heads of people on this side of the state because they'd have done something the Steelers couldn't do in order to win the championship. They'd have beaten the vaunted New England Patriots. 
So Philadelphia fans, already obnoxious, would be even more so. Philly, their thing, not sports. That's our thing. They used to be the capital. They had that Declaration of Independence. They had the Liberty Bell. They got Rocky. They got cheesesteaks. Those are their things. Don't let them take part in our thing. Our side of the state's the football side of the state. Our side of the state's the sports side of the state. The side that wins. Don't give them an opportunity to change that narrative. Because here's the problem. They win this year with Foles. What the sweet bleep do you think they're going to be able to do with Carson Wentz at quarterback? They just won two playoff games and got to the Super Bowl with their backup. The Steelers couldn't get past their first opponent with a Hall of Fame quarterback. If there is another dynasty following after the New England Patriots, it's Philadelphia. Don't let them get a head start without their best player. So I'm rooting for the Patriots because of that. What say you? 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Sal does. He says, I don't alter... Oh, boy. Sometimes reading tweets is difficult. I don't respect people who cheat. Why are you glorifying them? You're condoning what, condoning what they are. Here's the deal, Sal. No one gives a sh- uh, bleep. Oh, boy. That was close. That was close. That was close. Been off for a couple of days. Almost said the bad word there. The S word. Tom frantically turning my microphone off. Quickly shuffling me out of the terrace on 5th where Bud Light is on special, by the way. I'm not condoning them. I'm just acknowledging that it's not the biggest reason for their success. Spygate happened, but they haven't been spygating since, and they've won a bunch of championships. What, four, five, or four, well, three or three or four since Spygate. I tend to think that it didn't help them all that much. They didn't need it. Deflategate? Balls weren't deflated in the Super Bowl when they kicked ass after they stomped on Indy. Balls weren't deflated last year when they won the championship and came back from 28 down, 25 down. I'm not condoning them, but the reality is nobody gives a rip about them. People care about the cheating insofar as they can say that they cheated, but it gets overlooked. It does. It's a footnote, and it'll always be a footnote on history. As much as you think it matters, if they win the championship this year, it's going to count. In each of the five others that they won, they all counted. Sorry to burst your bubble. Up next, Will Graves is dying. So why not have him on? From the Associated Press talking about all the topics of the day, he is Will Graves. It's the Crowley Show. Day weekend for me. Thanks to Tim Benz for filling in for me yesterday as I watched Ozark all day long, except when I took 45 minutes to shoot around playing a little basketball. It was beautiful outside. Felt like March, especially with West Virginia dashing my hopes at the end of the night. Joining me now, my fellow Mountaineer from the Associated Press. A lot to cover with Willie Graves. Will, how are you? I'm sorry for blowing you off for Dulac last week. Do you have the you know the president of Turkmenistan or the fishing colonist from the Oil City Derrick or somebody else that needs to come on right now or are we good? 
I think we're good, uh, and the fishing columnist will not be sponsored until next week, so <laughs> we'll, we'll make room for him then. Uh, you sound awful. What happened? Uh, I got the flu over the weekend, which when you have kids, you will understand. Oh, no. So not only did I piss you off, but I pissed you off on the cusp of you getting the flu. Pretty much, yeah. How pissed were you, scale of 1 to 10, in real life? Uh, I was more pissed that you actually called back, thinking I would come back on. Like, that's, <laughs> like I have no pride, and I was actually, as I told you know, your producer, I actually was writing something when you called back, but I was like, come on, man. Got to have a little self-respect. I don't have a lot of self-respect, but I got a little self-respect. Well, we could tell you were perturbed, and Joe said he's not coming back on. I didn't know if you'd come <laughs> on today, uh, but, you know, time heals all wounds. And of course. What are you going to do because you're sick anyhow? You're probably bored out of your mind. You need a little Crowley in your life. Uh, I told a story in the first segment, Will, about how I called the police on my mother-in-law this weekend by accident thinking that she was trying to kidnap my wife. I'm wondering if anything like that's ever happened to you. Have you ever called 911 in a pit of fear whenever you don't really need to be calling 911? Um, yeah, I mean, we had just moved into our house uh, about four years ago. My kids were four and two. And the two-year-old managed to lock herself in the bathroom. And we, I mean, we'd been in the house like maybe a week. And I don't know anything. I'm a sports writer, right? I have no idea how to fix stuff. So I'm trying to bang the door down. I'm going crazy. My wife calls the fire department. <clears throat> and, I mean, any idiot, I mean, all I needed was a little, one of those little tiny screwdrivers. It's one of the doors you can just poke if you if you literally just poke through the doorknob, you can turn the lock, which took me about – all I had to do was call my redneck stepfather. And by the time the, police, the, the fire trucks got here, like, everything was fine. But it was uh, – yeah, but that was, like, legit. It's a two-year-old. You're a parent, and you don't know how to fix anything. So you call a real man to come and fix it. I mean, that's basically what happened. Well, I'm happy that everything worked out okay, uh, as I'm assuming that it did, as your children are now growing up. Okay, very good. Will Graves, Associated Press, joining me here on the Crowley Show. Will, I'm rooting for the Patriots in the Super Bowl because I think most people already will concede that they are a more impressive franchise than Pittsburgh given what they've accomplished in 16 years as opposed to what the Steelers have accomplished in their entire existence. Because of that, I'm rooting for Philadelphia not to get an opportunity to talk more smack than they already do when they are obnoxious about nothing. Uh, at least they'll have a reason to be obnoxious, and I don't like that. I'm rooting for the Pats. I, I do think there's something to be said for witnessing greatness while it's happening, even if you don't love it. Like, like I wasn't a, like I was a Jordan guy until they got really good. And then by, like, the time the second 3 P came around, I was sort of over them, you know. Um, but I always sort of respected that, oh, my God, this is the greatest player that we've ever seen, right? <clears throat> At least that I've ever seen. And so I think, you know, like watching the game, so I'm down, I'm laying in the basement, I'm quarantined, I've got 102-degree fever, I got the game on, I'm in, like, this drug-induced haze. And when he completed the third and 18, they're down 10, right? Ball game. It was over. When they completed the third and 18, I texted my buddies. I was like, the game is over. You know, because you just knew. So, I mean, I, I was, and maybe if they win, they'll stop. You know, I mean, maybe if you're <laughs> a Steelers fan, maybe if they win, Brady will just be like, all right, I'm, just, I'm bored. I'm going to go do something else. And he'll come back at 50 and try to do it again, which might be part of the TV 12 playbook. I've been rooting for Alabama as well, as long as they're going to be in the national championship game. And with all respect to our number one listener, Braden, out there, who's a huge Georgia Bulldogs fan, uh, I root for Bama because I do like to say that I've been around for greatness. 
whenever you talk to, whenever I at least talk to my parents or uh, you talk to your grandparents, they tell you all about the 70s Steelers and then they tell you about uh, what the 49ers were able to do and these great dynasties and the Oilers and things of that nature. And I'd love to be able to say that we've seen the best of all time and the Patriots, for as much as I really do despise them, I also like to see greatness. And I'd, I'm curious to see how many they can rack up. I, I really am. Uh, the most impressive thing to me is they go to the damn AFC Championship game every single freaking year. Uh, are they a better franchise than Pittsburgh uh, ever? Uh, I mean, I know. I mean, they were. But, you know, how do the Steelers line up against the Packers in that, right? I mean, when you look at a franchise that's got almost 100 or 90 years of history versus one that's got 50 years, and they were pretty crappy for the first, you know, 35 of them. I mean, it's, they had one, They made it to the one Super Bowl where they got lucky, got a hot streak in the playoffs, and got crushed by the Bears. Had done nothing before that. You know, I mean, it, they've had the best run. I mean, I think it's certainly think you can call it the best dynasty, but the best franchise in NFL history. I mean, we're talking one owner and one coach and one quarterback. That is not a franchise. That is an era. That is not a franchise. It's tough for me to kind of separate the two, though, Will, because the 49ers are considered one of the best of all time, but they had their success in that short period of time. The Steelers had most of their success in the 70s. Uh, when you right, Wait a minute, wait a minute. Most of their success, in, the last, in this millennium, have they won, like, they haven't had a losing, they've had one losing record and... Uh, and won two Super Bowls. And yeah, right, but all of, it, all of it pales in comparison to what the Patriots have done over that same period of time. Yeah, but so does everybody else. I mean... Sure, but, and, and comparing but, to but perfection we're, we're isn't exactly the, fair. I understand that point. what the Patriots did in the 70s versus what the Steelers did in the 70s? I mean, no, it's... Uh, I think that's, I think that's fair. Time. I think that's fair, Will, but yes, it is a different time, and that's what I'm factoring into this because I think it's a hell of a lot harder to win now than it was back then, and they've won more now than any team has ever won in arguably the hardest time it's ever been to win. Uh, that, to me, carries weight. And uh, if you stack up everything that they've done and just look at the numbers and you don't exactly look at when the numbers occurred, to me, they're the best. Mm. Mm. Nah. Ah, you're you know, fevered. I, you're fevered. Nah. You obviously don't know what you're talking about. Obviously. You know, I, I'm big on this. Like, everybody calls everybody the GOAT. Why don't we just call it, like, the greatest of this time instead of the greatest of... Why, don't we have to, why does everything have to be the GOAT? My God, I saw somebody, Juju was like uh, in Hawaii doing something the other day where he was like going down a zip line and somebody was like, the goat better than AB. And I was like, just shut up, people. I mean, I know like you're kidding. I mean, but come on, like just like this is good. I don't know why everything has to be the best all the time. Like just it's good. Just enjoy it. It's okay. Yeah. Okay. So I think I'm, I, I think I'm certainly a victim here of recency bias to an extent, certainly, but I mean, have you ever seen anything like what they've done? I mean, not like, not like this. I suppose Jordan, 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 I guess Jordan the Bulls, maybe. Yeah, but they. I mean, I, I'm. I don't even remember when. How long has the NBA had a salary cap? I mean, I don't remember to be honest with you. Um, I mean, what the what the Spurs did with Tim Duncan and Pop. I mean, five and seventeen in a in a similar type of league where the seasons are longer. There are fewer players, so if one of these players gets hurt, you're sort of screwed. I mean, the one year the, the Patriots didn't have Brady, they didn't make the playoffs, although they made Metcalfe a ton of money that year. You know, so it's, it's certainly the most impressive run in the, in the, I guess, the modern era of NFL football. Um, but 
I don't know. I mean, compared to other sports, I mean, the, the Yankees dynasties of the of the fifties. I mean, again, that's a different time. The Celtics certainly of the sixties, where they won nine out of ten and thirteen out of fourteen or something. But it was a different time. So I, it's really great, and it's impossible, and it pisses people off. So it's good for the sport. Although I was kind of rooting for Jacksonville, you know, Minnesota, because that is, after the year the league has had, isn't that sort of the game everybody deserves? Is Jacksonville and Minnesota? It's been a blah year for the league. The league is in a bad spot. Viewership is down. Interest is down. I mean, I think people are starting. I'm not saying football is over, you know, but I'm certainly, you know, if, if this they ride off in the sunset with record ratings to watch Brady win his sixth or whatever the hell it is. You know, is that really a, a fair assessment of, you know, where the league is at? And I think we can all agree the league is not in the, in the best spot right now. So I'll agree I was with rooting that. for the Jags. Uh, you know, I, w- I was rooting for the Jags in that I like their swag. I like their I like what they're about. I like the fact that they don't care that their quarterback sucks. Uh, I, I like all that about them. Once the Patriots made their magic happen. I kind of want to see him finish the job. Will Graves from the Associated Press joining me here on the Crowley Show. I think you nailed a lot of things there, Will, but I think you certainly nailed that, well, football's not done, but perhaps if the entire country or at least 100 million people had to watch Nick Foles versus Case Keenum, that, well, I think maybe football would have been done at that point, huh? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm with you on the on the Jag. Like, they did not care. They had zero Fs to give until... Again, you know, I look at the end of the first half. Oh, that was you know, awful. They, 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 they handed them a touchdown. They handed them a touchdown at the end of the first half. And that's just, you can't, it, the Patriots better than anybody. Better than even, I can't believe I'm going to say this, as good as Joe Montana. Because Joe Montana, to me, was always the, oh, crap, that guy's got the ball and there's X <laughs> amount of time left, we're screwed, right? I mean, Brady, and look what he did to the Steelers. Steelers controlled that game, should have won that game, dominated that game, didn't matter. Patriots were a better team for five minutes and won. I mean, that's, that's what they do. They don't try to beat you. And it's funny, Steeler fans, the Patriots do not care if they beat you 51 to nothing or 31-30 or 12 to 10. They, all they care about is winning. That's why Steeler fans get all worked up about, well, we only won by this or we only won by that. Shut up. The Patriots fans do, don't call in and complain, well, we only beat the Jags by four to go to the Super Bowl. Shut up. They don't care. They don't Who's, care. Who, which all they fan, care about is winning the game that week their way. That's it. Which fans are worse, Steelers fans, Patriots fans, or Eagles fans? Patriots fans are definitely the worst, because where, where, where the hell were they in 2001? They were nowhere. Okay. I mean, you know, at least with the Philly fans, A, they got actual personality. Uh, B, they, they do have, like, years of suffering to sort of draw from, which I think, you know, kind of, if you've got, like, entitled anger, I think that's a good thing. Steeler fans, Pittsburgh fans, I mean, I don't know. It's a mixed bag. You have, because you have your Patriots type fans and your Pens fans, right? That's sort of like the, the equivalency. Then you've also got the Pirates. So, and Boston, excuse me, doesn't have that right now. So I, I don't know. I, I, but I would think the most insufferable is definitely the Patriots. I bet you that if you'd ask the other two fan bases that question, they'd probably say Steelers fans are the most insufferable. Probably because they always rub the we got six in your face and. I think Patriots fans will be just as insufferable when that happens. and They might be the worst to me, though, Will, because they always cry that the league's out to get them based on what's happened, and then you have others crying the league's out to help them, and Boston fans and New England fans are just beside themselves because of all of that. Well, of course, that and they've got the racism. Well, 
She's calling a spade a spade uh, here, Will. <laughs> Why? Whoa! You gotta be careful with your metaphors, there, Crowley. Careful you sound with your metaphors. You sound awful, by the way. I mean, you. I, I mean, thank you. you. I appreciate truly it. awful. Like, I bet you Dulac's out on a beach somewhere hitting golf balls. He probably is. He's probably gonna call and bump me in five seconds. Well, I can't believe, Will, that we didn't. I, I just thought of this in the middle of the conversation. I should have started the interview with Dulac and bumped him off to bring you on. That nah. would be quality radio, but it didn't work out. Oh, well. Always next time. Last if thing, I'm alive. Last thing here for you. Yeah, if you do survive. Uh, Sidney Crosby, Tom Brady, they comparable in your eyes? Mm, in what way? Sid's not an insufferable douche. I mean, Is so. Brady? It certainly comes off that way, doesn't he? I mean, like, his persona, like, I, everybody wanted to be Joe Montana when I was a kid, right? And Joe Montana was a cool dude, had a, he, he had a sense of humor about himself. And Brady, there's nothing. There's just nothing with that guy that isn't pre-programmed corporate bullcrap, you know? And it just sucks. Like, there's nothing interesting about him. Would well, you say that's it, similar with Crosby, though? I do find Crosby incredible. I guess the way I, maybe Sid's delivery seems more sincere and authentic. That's a good point. You know, so uh, that would be yeah, that would that would be a major difference there. And I and I do think Sid is pretty Sid's pretty selfless. And I think Brady is okay. This may sound like somebody another sports figure in this town. Brady's sort of okay in making it about him if that's fine with everybody else. So. Will, what's your regimen? What are you going to do to get better? Um, hopefully, you want, you're going to truth. Hopefully, you not have to write about uh, dirty gymnastic doctors uh, anytime soon, but unfortunately, that's still on my plate. So, are you, are you surprised that that hasn't taken off more than it should? Probably? I'm surprised that the Michigan State portion of it hasn't taken off more than it should because, look, I've been covering this from the get-go. The Indy Star has done some great reporting on this. Uh, you know, the Lansing State Journal, the Orange County Register, I'm sort of popping in when people that are well-known mention that they've been abused. And this guy, like, he saw these Olympic athletes three, four times a year. He saw the people at Michigan State every day, every day for years. And athletes went to their trainers and uh, to their coaches and said, what's up with this dude? And nothing was done. And only now you've got 100-plus women coming forward detailing their horrors at the hands of this dude. It's Michigan State being like, oh, maybe we kind of screwed up here. So... I imagine what's going to happen at Michigan State in many ways might be more uh, just as ugly as what, from an administrative standpoint, as uh, what happened at Penn State because of the institutional failing by the administration. So just for anybody out there listening, however many of you there are out there, and we did have a 300% ratings increase. Hell yes. Hell yeah. Why in the sweet world will people not report when they hear these things. Uh, no, I'm not talking about women because, uh, that. I mean, look, that's nuanced, and I understand why women would be fearful to come forward with that information. But any administrator who's ever told about anything like this needs to come forward, needs to come forward as soon as possible, and needs to make sure that there is legitimate change. And the fact that it isn't happening or hasn't happened is disgraceful. Thank you. Well, I, I mean, it's, it's a couple of things. Uh, the short answer is this guy uh, was a sociopath, and he groomed his enablers as easily as he groomed the people with the women he victimized. And so people thought, Hey, this is a great doctor. Look at all this. Look at his resume. Look at all the things that he does. Everybody loves him. And, and you know, in the gymnastics world, look, there are a lot of mean ass coaches, just as there are mean gymnastics coaches, just as easily as there are mean football coaches and mean basketball coaches. And he would be like Mr. Nice guy. 
and he was that way with everybody. I mean, he he was a chameleon. This guy, this guy's got his. Let's remember, he initially got arrested for having kitty porn on his computer. Okay, this guy lived, lived a double life, lived it to great extent for thirty years, and his day of reckoning is coming. And I'm equal parts uh, heartened by what I see from some of these women that I know personally. I, mean, I people might not know this. I write about gymnastics for the Olympics for the AP. I've gone to a couple of games. I covered in between the Olympics. I see these women grow up from teenagers to young to young adults. And to see them come forward, it's like, holy cow, I imagine if that was my daughter in that situation. The flip side is, I wonder, as media, how much do we buy into the narrative of, hey, you know, they're, Marta Caroli's a badass, and they win gold medals, and good for them. So, trust me, it, there's been a whole lot of reckoning going in along, all, for all involved, including me, and uh, let's hope that the sport, and sports youth culture in general, this isn't just a gymnastics thing, just like the Jerry Sandusky thing was not just a football thing or a Penn State thing. I mean, this is, you look at the Boy Scouts, you look at the Girl Scouts. There have been, look at the Catholic Church. This is, anytime you give an adult predator, you know, a wide open, you know, chance to, you know, basically go after victims at will unchecked, this is what you get. It need, The culture needs to change. It's not just about gymnastics. We've got to do a better job of taking responsibility for the people we're supposed to be responsible for. Thanks so. a lot, Will. That's uh, that's a heavy subject matter, but yeah, matter. yeah. Thanks for that. See yeah, you. stuff that needs to be discussed. But uh, now, now yeah. I'm now, now I'm, I'm going go to die. be yeah, I'm going to be sad for the next two hours and twenty minutes. And inevitably, when you pass away, thanks, buddy. Good luck out there. <laughs> thanks, see I realize that's an arbitrary number to throw out there for how long I'm going to be mourning the loss of Will Graves. But let's face it, we're not that close. There was another media member who texted me last night, whose name I shall not reveal who was asking whether or not they should bet on the West Virginia basketball game. And let me just read the text for you. Comes from this dude first. WV tonight said TCU's been close in every conference game, but they just lost their point guard for the season. Bet we turn them over a bleep ton. I go WV. He goes, only minus two. I said, take WV. He said, Dixon had trouble with them at Pitt, right? I said, well, he was 12-7 and against WVU at Pitt, but WVU didn't play the press in the Big East. I was feeling good. I was coming strong. I was taking that ball to the rack. Today, I text that man back and say, did you take my awful bleeping advice last night? He said, I did. Appreciate the strong opinion. I said, I'm sorry I let you down, my friend. Go ears. I'm a bad friend. I'm a bad media member. In my career earnings, well, they paint that picture. Up next, the hottest take of the day. Up next, the hottest take of the day. It's the Crowley Show. Some dude is, like, obsessed with knowing who I was giving betting advice last night. Here's the thing about gambling for me. I'm not good at that part. Like, I I can come forth with a strong opinion. Uh, I can give you as much analysis as my mind can contain. But I don't get the gambling aspects of it. Like, Tom... You're a gambler, yeah, and a degenerate. I dabble. I wouldn't say degenerate. No, you dabble. What? Probably four or five games a weekend. It's been it's been ramped up since college basketball. Oh, has started, it? But, but yeah, it's usually. How many times there. a week you going now? I mean, I've put in some like three bets the past four days. We like, should every do this day. in a segment every day. Tom, I'm gonna, I'm Tom's look bet like of the day. An idiot. I'm I don't know. I well, we're gonna... I'll give you a bet of the day today, though. Okay, I want that, but we're gonna lose Joe here, and I don't know what you're good at other than <laughs> other than this and being monogamous. Yeah. 
Like you're really good at being in a long-term it's relationship. My one-two one punch. It is, man. Your your ability to make money off of gambling, and your ability to only have sex with one person. What's your bet of the day? You got one for me? We're gonna do this every day now, and we're gonna need we're gonna need new awesome imaging, but we'll take care of that soon. Yeah, bet of the day. Hammer this. If you are uh, looking to pay off that mortgage, put it all in on this one. No. St. John's at home against Creighton plus two. Bet of the day. Not a big Creighton guy. I'm I'm just more on uh, St. John's guy. Chris Mullen. They're not very good. They're not, but that doesn't really matter in the betting world. I mean, it does if I think they're going to win outright, right? So you're taking Creighton? If I take Creighton outright, yeah. Plus two's pretty low, though, for spread. See, this is this is what Pursuita got me with last night. Oh, no! It's the same thing. Damn it! Creighton's West Virginia and St. John's is TCU to an extent. You're, you're falling into the same trap. I just doubted him. You're falling into the Hopefully same trap. Hopefully no one caught that. It is the, okay. See, this is why we have you on for the betting advice, and this is why I come out with the strong opinions supported by fact. Ready for the hottest take of the day? Yeah, lay it on me. It's time for the hottest take of the day. Ready, Joe? It's time for the hottest take of the day. Not a big tennis guy. I know Stan is probably pissed if he hears that. Stan Savernoon, too, right here on ESPN Pittsburgh. That guy loves tennis. But I do know this. The hardest major to win is the Australian Open. You know what? Because the ball spins the wrong way. That's the hottest take of the day. I got it. Boo, 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 boom. That was the hottest take of the day, 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 day. I was going to use the James Harrison take as the actual hottest take of the day, but I'll, I'll go with that one because Tom gave me a joke, and there's no other place for it. I guess we could have done it in other crap, but I didn't have Joe get the production ready for other crap today. So, okay, Joe, it's time for other crap. Woo! Other crap. James Harrison provides value to the New England Patriots, but it's not as much as it's been blown up to be in the days since the AFC Championship game, or I suppose the day since the AFC Championship game. He had one sack, one uno. His value to the Patriots being overstated by people who want to be pissed at the Steelers. Here's the deal. For better or for worse, he didn't fit the scheme that the Steelers have. So I don't think it was a bad call to release him. For that reason and because you need to discipline someone. So discipline that guy. The guy who you're not going to play and the guy who's a cancer. You needed Martavis Bryant at some point. They punished him, but you want to keep him around. You're not going to sit down Antonio Brown for flipping the Gatorade cooler. Although maybe next year I'd be okay with that. Le'Veon Bell in the playoffs being a jackass, you're not going to sit him because the rest of the team would be negatively affected. James Harrison being an ass. Bud Dupree calling him out on his radio show. Marquise Pouncey calling him out. That guy had to go. So they cut his ass. The same people who are saying that the Steelers have a problem with discipline are the same people that are pissed about James Harrison being cut. How can that be? Harrison was cut because he was a cancer to the team. Now you want justice for Bell? 
You think Tomlin's too soft? You can't have it both ways. The people who want both are looking at what is the most convenient for their argument in their argument only. So what you'll hear is that James Harrison still has it, that he was a difference maker for the Pats. Spoiler alert, they win that game with or without James Harrison. Those making a big deal about the sack are making a bigger deal than needs to be made. The Steelers got this one right, but it just hurts, so you don't want to see that. 412-922-2874. There's no reason for me to give the number because no one's going to call in the last two minutes of the show. Do we have an outro for other crap, Joe? No? Do one anyway. Woo! Other crap. Anything else to add, Tom? Tom dropped a major deuce in the bathroom here on the well, while I was doing my segment with Will Graves here in the six o'clock hour. Tom ate the food at the terrace on fifth and blew this place up. And the question I have is because I walked in there too because I had to I had to you know I had to take a leak ski, and when I walked in. The noises I heard were comedic. Not from me. Okay, sure. I want to clarify. Uh-huh, sure. And I chuckled. In fact, it was a hearty laugh that came out of me. And I'm wondering if that ever changes. I asked my dad this the other day. We were measuring cabinets, and we were measuring counter space because we were redoing my kitchen. And one of the measurements was 69 inches long, and I giggled. I basically robbed Gronkowski. And I said to my dad, I said, at what point does that change? At what point do I stop laughing at this arbitrary... Immature nonsense. And he said, I, I chuckled inside. And I'm guessing he laughs every time something like that happens in the bathroom. I'm guessing you do. Do you? Every single time. Joe, do you laugh when these things happen? You don't? Why is it always you, anti-potty humor? I don't find it funny, so I don't. You don't find, you don't think that someone in there <laughs> ripping one when there's a bunch of people in Penguins fans just trying to do their business is funny. No, I mean, it's a bathroom. It's supposed to happen. It does not make you chuckle. Nope. I don't give a damn what the circumstance is, whether I'm expecting it or not. Farts are funny. 